So, do you know the reality of your real? On this installment of The Grind Defined, I'll discuss our mental real and the four elements of a mindset foundation reset. So get ready because the grind becomes official right now. Greetings, beautiful people. Greetings and welcome to The Grind Define. Carolyn Michelle here, certified spiritual mindset and wellness coach, helping high achieving women find fluidity between their emotional, spiritual and physical well-being by bridging the gap between who they are in spirit and who they were designated to be by our creator. I am so excited to be with you today. And you know, I may say that a lot, but that's because it's true. It is so true. I absolutely love getting into the content that we get into on TGD, The Grind fine just in case it's your first time joining us and you like what in the world is tgd but anyway if this is your first time with me thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to check out the grind to find a day if you've been here before welcome back we are in q4 the last quarter of the year and if you were here for the previous episode then you know today we're going to be dealing with the reality of our mental real there were four elements that we're going to talk about over the course of this month in the last episode and in this episode we're going to be touching on the second element which is fast but before we get into all of that I want to let you know that thegrindtofine.com is where you're going to be able to follow the show you click on feed and there are various apps to choose from there once you choose how you want to follow make sure you press that notification bell so that you're notified every time I upload now that's for some plain tea if you're someone who likes some extra in your tea you know okay I'm gonna go ahead and say it because it's been a while if you like some yak in your tea, <laughs> uh, some some Tito's, or maybe you might you might just like some fresh herbs, some lemon, some milk. But anyway, if you want some extra in your tea, then you're gonna want to go ahead and join the list. So plain tea, follow extras in your tea, whatever those extras may be. Then you want to gonna you're going to want to go ahead and join the list. See how I'm just tying up my tongue. I'm already starting off being a little bit of extra. I'm going to try not to score on you, but if I do, I will come back. Anyway, oh man, oh man, oh man. This conversation that we're having this month, it is the foundation, one of the primary pieces of a solid foundation for your mindset. And it's so very important. I I love talking about it simply because there's never an instance when I have this conversation and it's not a great experience for someone who's experiencing it, which is, it's, it's, it's a great experience for me. I always learn a lot in doing these things. You know, whenever we're working on different areas of strengthening our spiritual connection within our life is so many layers to it so you can be in one space spiritually and intellectually today and then in the next year revisit something that you did from that same area in life and it looked different it it, it feels different it has an altogether different way in which it hits you and that speaks to the evolutionary process that we all go through when it comes to spirituality and every other aspect of our life. So 
that's the reason why I enjoy this specific content because since there's so many layers and the depth to which a lot of this conversation can go, it's, it's pretty much endless. There's always something different that you can take away from what seems to be on the surface, the same conversation. So excited to dive into that today. There's just one thing that I wanted to mention very quickly before we actually roll into content for today. Now, this, I think by the time you get this, um, this is episode five, all right? So we're only five episodes in, which means that you're still getting to know me, I'm still getting to know you, and as you listen, you'll get familiar with the way in which I articulate and communicate, the way in which I use different words to express what I'm trying to express and to explain what I'm trying to explain. I bring this up because I caught playback from one of the episodes and the great thing about the gift of playback is I get the opportunity to actually receive myself. It's really the only way you get the opportunity to receive yourself. You know, people are receiving, you guys are receiving me when I'm doing this, but the only way I get to have that experience, one that you may have, is playback. So anyway, I'm listening to playback. Uh, It was, um, I mentioned something I was talking about, um, validation, needing validation. And I said, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I know that I said that when I was in this space, and I had a problem with that when I heard that on the playback, because I felt like if you're someone who doesn't know me and you're new to this show and you're just now receiving this content, a statement like that, someone could interpret as me saying that, hey, I was in this space and I'm past it and I have it figured out. And I had a problem with that because here's the thing. If you're stu- if you're tuning in here because you're looking for someone who has it all together, who has it all figured out, they have a key to the spiritual city that you're trying to get. And you like, yes, key to the city. Like when everybody, Puff got his key to the city, Puff Daddy, when he was Puff Daddy, he's always Puff to me. He, he's not whoever, I forgot who, he Diddy. I never accepted Diddy. He is always Puff. If I meet him, I'm saying Puff. And whatever consequences come with it, I'm ready to deal with it. But anyway, I don't want someone to think that when you tune into this program, I have it figured out. I don't. If I make a statement when I was in that space, that is referring specifically to whatever situation, circumstance I presented to set up the content. I like to try to tie into the content, an event that takes you mentally into what we're going to be talking about, rather than just Cole coming in and start talking about something. I like to try to set it up so that things flow. So the short of it is none of us will ever have it all figured out. I will never have it all figured out. What I can do in my professional experience and also in my personal experience as as a daughter in Christ is I can share what it is that I've learned, give an explanation, share a scripture when applicable to let you know how I came to the conclusion that I came to or why I believe what it is that I believe. And then that's where the discussion can continue for us within this community and uh, eventually outside of this community in another space that'll be created specifically for the grind defined and us grinding our lives out together, defining our grind on our own. So I want to be clear about that. I don't have it figured out. I don't have everything all together um, because of my professional training training and some things that I've done personally, that's what puts me in a space to be able to share and to support other people. But we are in this 
journey evolving together. And I want that to be clear. So if there was any misinterpretation by any of you out there because of my choice in wording, please accept my humblest apologies. Consider this as my way of offering clarity to the way that I communicate and, and how I talk about some things. You know, I'm, this process, this grind within life, it never stops. It never stops and it continues to elevate us and to reinvent itself because God is always about us going to the next level. God is always about us looking and seeking deeper, wanting more, us requiring more of ourselves so that we can understand how completely and totally infinite he is. And so none of us, me first and foremost, I'm going to use myself, I will never get to a space in all the time that I do this podcast where I'm not in the trenches and privy to the same challenges that you are. All right. All right. So I just wanted to make it a point to say that. Now in episode four, we kicked off our discussion around understanding our mental real, the four elements of a mindset foundation reset by starting off with the first element, which is fear. The four elements are fear, fast, fueling, and leaping. And in fear, I detailed in episode four, what your negative mental real is, what fear is, the causes, and how we feed fear and are able to create a destructive, disconjointed atmosphere within our mind. In this installment, we're going to get into FAST. And when we get into the acronym for FAST, and and if I didn't say this um, on this episode, I don't think I did, but um, each and every one of these elements are acronyms, acronyms that I'm going to detail as we go through this. So in this installment with FAST, we're going to deal with the clearing of our mental reel to create that space to reset that negative reel. And we want to do that in in the positive. We're going to go over how to pause and reset. But before we get into the content for today, I think it's important for me to refresh from the previous episode, the power of our mind. So here are a couple things to keep in mind as we ease into this content. The first thing is our minds store and catalog whatever information we give it. We'd like to think that this process is completely and totally involuntary, but not so much so. It can be that way when we're not intentional about uh, what it is that we choose to keep and what we allow to be discarded. And we interpret that information draw our own conclusions and we proceed based on the conclusions that we draw. Now, when this data is unfavorable, the emotion and self-judgment associated impacts how that stored information is interpreted, the conclusions we reach, and most importantly, the actions that we take. Now, our actions are almost always based on flawed perceptions of who we are because the information stored on this negative reel is just that. It's negative and it's typically rooted in emotion and perspectives, not necessarily based on reality. As time progresses, the negative highlights from hurtful experiences are stored in our memory. They compile over time and create a reel of hurtful memories and hurtful experiences that when similar feelings, surroundings, settings, people, many different things can trigger those memories to recur from those past hurts or failures and replay. And it seems like sometimes they just replay at will with no warning. So those are just some things to keep in mind before we go ahead and glide right into the second installment of our mental reel. 
He was everything. The most decadent place to fall when I needed to let go. He was beyond eye candy. I mean, looking at him felt like the entire candy factory was there for the taking. The sweetest part of him was that beautiful mind. The way he put those phrases together when he rhymed, just dehydrating. Draining me of everything I had within, and this was before he touched me. He was supposed to be different from all others before him. I knew what I was feeling, and I couldn't be wrong. Thick, warm caramel. His skin reminded me of the fall when taffy apples are everywhere. That rich caramel color with the added treat of the nuts. His skin be the caramel and his touch be the nuts. Mm-hmm. I know what you thought I was going to say. Anyway, 6'1", goatee, succulent lips and hands so big he could grasp both of my butt cheeks comfortably at once. Jesus be a fence and bless oil because I'm banking on sinning if things go my way. As I laid there with him standing over me, I heard nothing he was saying. Nope. I was too busy allowing the loop in my mind to keep replaying over and over my latest fantasy. He was it. Then, I noticed his facial expression. He must have asked me a question. Mmm, say that again? I asked. He replied, So I have to go pick up my daughter. Wait, you're leaving? I asked in shock. So you didn't hear me? What were you thinking about? He questioned as he looked puzzled. It didn't matter what I was thinking about because he had to leave. I said that I understood, and I did, but that still didn't change how I felt about him leaving. The leaving part was hard. I began running different reasons in my mind, real reasons why he must be leaving. This had to be more than what he was telling me. He became a part of my narrative and not only the one for that moment, he inadvertently became a fixture in my story. I mean, yeah, there would be real-time aspects that he would fill in as we went about getting to know each other better, but the majority of the story, how we may evolve, communicate, how we would be, a lot of that was already there. I had expectations preconceived notions about a lot of things and I wasn't even aware of it. But is there any other way that could have turned out differently when he didn't arrive and we create our story together? He walked into my world, which was like arriving as a stand-in in a story already in progress. Yes, improv was acceptable, but if it didn't fit in with the plot, you could be demoted to an extra or fired altogether. This is what life can be like when we live based on old painful narratives, stories we create and replay over and over and over again. There's reality, and then there's the reality we create in our minds. This is the reason why a fast is so very necessary. I'm going to take a brief pause right here, but when I come back, I'm going to put into context for you a spiritual fast as well as detail the acronym for the second element of a mindset foundation reset. Keep it locked. Let's face it, our health is our wealth and a critical component in defining our grind every day. This is Terrell and Michelle, certified spiritual mindset and wellness coach, and I want to invite you to join my ongoing journey to make my temple, my body, the primary gear in my grind to the next level. Log on to terrellandmichelle.com and click on wellness to see my journey, testimonials, and schedule a chat to learn how to become a member of Team Terrell. Hey, don't wait until the new year to start. Go into the new year with results. I want to add some context for fasting in this conversation. First things first, I think about Matthew 6, 17 through 18, and it says, But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father 
who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. First and foremost, understand that it is preferred that you're completely and totally selfish with your time, your space that you're creating for you and God. This is not about other people knowing and having an opinion or, or trying to show anyone else anything. The only thing that this is about is creating a space for you to be open to receive. Well, first and foremost, when you create that space, you're clearing it and then you're opening it up to receive what it is that God has for you and your mission, your service. This is all about connecting deeper and owning your divine design, your purpose with God. And so when you think about why we fast in the first place, what we're doing is we're voluntarily reducing or eliminating food and drink sometimes. And this is for a specific period of time with the purpose of connecting with God without any distractions, any distractions whatsoever. And when we decide to create this space, hopefully we're setting an intention for the time that we've allotted within that space. That specificity of why we're connecting with God is so very important. And so there are lots of reasons why people fast, but I think that it's important that when we choose to go into that space, we have reasons that are in alignment with scripture that supports the intention that we've set. And so uh, today I'll share 10 reasons why people go into a fast. I'm just going to to go over these. I'll say uh, scriptures that support these. I'm not going to get into them deeply because I don't want to get off target with what I'm talking about in this particular episode, but maybe this will be something uh, we can revisit later if at the end of this you're interested in going in, in whatever kind of direction we we possibly could go with this, email me, connect at thegrinddefined.com and let me know. But here are 10 reasons in no particular order why people choose to fast. Um, number one could be to minister to the needs of others. And this is supported by Isaiah 58, three through seven. You know, we're all meant to be of service to others. And so knowing how to do that appropriately is is always, always something that we should all be interested in. Um, to overcome temptation and to dedicate or maybe even rededicate ourselves to God. And this is supported by uh, Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Um, to strengthen prayer. Ezra 8 and 23 talks about this. Seeking God's guidance. That's uh, Judges 20 and 26. To express grief. 1 Samuel 31 and 13. Um, express repentance and to return to God. That's uh, 1 Samuel, I'm sorry, smacking and whatnot. 1 Samuel 7 and 6, uh, to express concern for the work of God. Nehemiah 1, 3 through 4, love and worship for the love and worship of God. Luke 2 and 37, and the, the, the list goes on. These, these are just a few. But I share these just to say that when we decide to create, selfishly create that space, that time for us with God, it's so important that we're we understand what our intention is, why we're there, and we're clear so that when we open up the lines of communication with God, we're open to receive exactly what we need within that space. And so within that context, let's go ahead and get into breaking down each letter of the acronym for the second element of our foundation reset. 
So the acronym for FAST stands for Focus, Accept, and Submit to Transform. That's Focus, Accept, and Submit to Transform. So as we start at focus, I'm going to get much deeper into focus than I do all other aspects of this acronym. And that's because focus is going to set the stage for where all of this is going to go. I'm going to show you how all of this is interrelated when it comes to, because uh, I do have scripture that I'm sharing for each one. I think it's important for this particular element. And that's because in episode one, when we dealt with fear, fear specifically was addressing cause. Some of the causes for why you would need a mindset foundation reset. In fast, we're dealing with taking a pause and the actual reset. So there's cause, pause, renew, which is going to be for fuel, and revive, which is relief. All right. So because we're talking about the pause and the reset, all of these elements are important, but this is critical if we want to make sure that once we get to the end of this, we have pieces within this new foundation that we're laying and that we're setting that are solid without any cracks for us to be able to do the work moving forward. So for this particular one for focus, I want to talk about Judges 20 and 26. Now that's just a verse, but, but what I want to do is I want to give you the story for this chapter. Let me just get into it and I'll talk a little bit more about it. This story is about the Israelites punishing the Benjamites, okay? And and it's this like to hear here go. So here's what had happened. What had happened was, and you know it's a good story. Anytime it starts off with what had happened was. How many times does somebody come up and they're like, what happened was? You're like, Lord, let me sit down and get a drink or something because this is about to be good. So this is what happened. There was a Levite that went into Gebeah in Benjamin, which was in Israel, and he went with his concubine to spend the night, okay? So that evening, the men of Gebeah surrounded his house and the intention was to kill him. They ended up raping his concubine and she died. So the Levite took his concubine, he cut her into pieces and sent one piece to each region of Israel's inheritance. And the reason why he did this is because he wanted everybody to know that this atrocity, this ridiculousness happened to him when he, when he was in Israel by the Benjamites. And so when the Israelites heard about what happened, when the Levite told him, hey, you know, this is what happened. One of your tribes, the Benjamites came and they did this to me. He was like, well, what are you going to do? This is what he's asking. And so the tribes of Israel got together and they said, you know, hey, we're going to have to make this right. We don't want this type of evil attached to Israel. And so they said, we're going to have to band together. They decided that they were going to band together against Gibeah and the Benjamites, and they were going to have to punish him. And so the Israelites, the tribes of Israel, they sent word to the Benjamites, letting them know, hey, you need to turn over the men of Gibeah who did this so that we can kill them. And so the Benjamites got the message and they were like, mm, yeah, now that's not what we're going to do. Because I mean, you know, it would have been too easy if they had to be like, okay, they were wrong. Okay. No, they were like, nah, mm -mm, that's not what we're doing. And so they responded by getting together 26,700 men total. That was swordsmen, mostly swordsmen, and they had some some soldiers that they got together. And these were just, these were not just any old soldiers. I mean, these soldiers were like spot on with their aim and what they could do. Israel, the tribes of Israel, they had 400,000 swordsmen. So anyway, there were three battles. In the first battle, when the Israelites asked God, when they asked the Lord, they said, who should we send in to fight first? The Lord told them, send the tribe of 
of Judah. Go ahead and let them fight first. Well, Judah went up and they lost 22,000, 22,000 swordsmen in the first battle. Did not go well. They definitely fell it. And you know, they were defeated and you know, they, they went back before God, you know, it was bad, but they were still encouraged. You know, and they asked the Lord, what should they do? Should they go back to fight again? And the Lord told them, oh yeah, yeah, you should go back. So what they did was they went back into battle. And when they went the second time, they lost another 18,000 swordsmen. So by this time, the Israelites, I mean, morale was low. It was like, okay, now he didn't told us to do this for the second time. And I mean, what in the world? So the Israelites went up to Bethel. They were feeling it. And they were definitely not as optimistic as they were the first time around. So this time on the second time, they decided to fast. And they fasted from that day until that evening. And they presented up fellowship and burnt offerings. And because this was in the day of the ark, that's how they fasted back then. And so when they went up before the Lord this time, they asked, you know, hey, should we go to fight the Benjamites again or not? Questioning like, I mean, we're willing to accept what you say, but are you sure? Well, the Lord told him, and uh, I quote, go for tomorrow and I will give them into your hands. That's Judges 20, 28. And so they did. So on that third day, the Israelites killed 25,100 Benjamites, another 18,000 who were running off into the wilderness to try to get rid of them, and then another 5,000 on the road that led up to Remen. And if there's so much more, understand that I'm leaving out so much detail. I'm just doing an overview. <laughs> but that's because um, if you haven't read this story, then you should. And the reason being is because the reason why I attach this to focus is because when we're focusing and we're trying to purge what has kept us stuck on this hamster wheel within our minds, similar to the Israelites, they asked God about going into battle and they got his okay to go into battle. They didn't ask him how to fight. They didn't ask him what they should do. This story is all about seeking God's guidance for whatever our fight may be. And when it comes to the battle that's waged within our mind, sometimes the hardest thing for us to do is stop with our own devices and pause and see if there's an answer that's bigger than we are, that's greater than we are. Our answers are limited. They just are. God's answers are limitless. And so in taking that time to seek guidance, not just knowing that we should move, but how we should move, What's the method? What are the details? When you actually read this, if you take and go to, to, to Judges and just go, you can you can get the, the, the verse that I gave you, 2026, 20, but you really need the context. When they went back to fight that third time, it wasn't like the wheel was reinvented. There was a lot that they had done that God just tweaked. There were some pieces that were added that they didn't have before. There was a broadening of perspective and maybe little bits of the original strategy that was left out that God put in there. So I'm not saying that he won't reinvent the wheel. He's got to do what he wants to do. But in this particular instance, there wasn't a whole lot that it changed. Even though if it was a numbers game, Israelites going in with 400,000 and the Benjamites having 26,700, you would think that if it was numbers, how could Israel lose? None of that matters if whatever it is that we're doing isn't being led by God 
And because we're servants, we should always be interested in our movements, not being movements that work specifically for us and our understanding, but that we're moving beyond our own understanding. And the only way to know how to do that is to consult with God first. And so that's why our fast for our mind, when we're focusing and accepting to submit and transform, this only works when we have God con- God's context first. Accept. So when we talk about accepting, let's talk about first what acceptance is not in this context. Acceptance is not weak. Acceptance is merely taking ownership of what has been broken in our minds, judgment-free, in order to destroy that destructive narrative, to support giving ourselves grace, going to God to seek deliverance and protection, as supported in 2 Chronicles 23-4, is a great place to start. When you go here, this you're going to see the story of uh, Jehoshaphat defeating Moab and Ammon. I'm not going to get into that story deeply. As I mentioned, these other elements, I'm not going to get into deeply because the common thread in me going into the story of the Israelites punishing the the Benjamites, the common thread that you're going to see within these stories, even though the context is going to be a little bit different because of what your prayer and fasting could, could be around, you're going to see a common thread of what looks like insurmountable odds. But what makes these odds insurmountable is the fact that solutions are coming from man and they're not coming from God. The moment God is involved, the moment we open ourselves up, we ask, we create that space with no distraction and we ask God to step in and ask him to lead. The moment that happens, all of a sudden things change. That's the common thread that you're gonna see in all of these as you go through and check them out on your own after this broadcast. And that's the reason why I'm not gonna go into each one. In fact, as you go through these, let me know your experience. Shoot me an email, connect at thegrinddefined.com and let me know. But back to acceptance. So this is definitely not a space of weakness. Actually, in this particular space, you're doing what takes so much strength to do. And that is to know that in accepting, it's not a space of taking on failure. It's not a space of questioning what you didn't know, why you didn't know. None of that matters. The only task that you have at this particular stage is to seek that space of deliverance and or protection. You want deliverance from the narrative because it no longer serves you. And to have that protection as you allow God to usher you through this space into the next area, which is going to be submission. When we're submitting, we're relinquishing all control and all defense mechanisms and taking total accountability. And what does it mean to take total accountability? That means no more running, no more ducking and dodging the narrative, no more minimizing how we feel, because that's another thing. We'll get into that space where we've been telling ourselves for so long, things that don't matter really do matter. And if they start to matter, when they start to matter, if we allow ourselves to feel that they matter, well, now we'll just use semantics to say, "Eh, well, it's not that it really matters, it's something else. No, so we're not gonna minimize and we're not gonna hide. There's no need to hide. And the reason why there's no need to hide is because throughout this process, we're giving up our ability to be our answer. We're removing the weight of that 
In essence, what we're doing is humbling ourselves before God. 1 Kings 21, 27 through 29 talks about this. And if you decide to go to 1 Kings uh, 21, chapter 21, and read the entire thing, the story is going to be the story of Nabbot's Vineyard. Definitely, definitely, you're going to want to get into that. And finally, because we're in space to focus and accept so that we can submit in order to transform. Now, you're going to see as we go through this transformation within the context of this. This is just the first stage of it. We're going to revisit that again a little bit later on. You'll, you'll, you'll be able to be caught up on that in another episode. But in this stage, we're embracing things being different and welcoming vulnerability. Oh yeah, mm-hmm, the V word. <laughs> Transformation is not possible without finding a space of comfort with vulnerability. And, and we want to get ready. We want to prepare ourselves for the spaces that we've emptied to be divinely filled. Now, let's let's take a moment to talk about vacancy, empty spaces. Because empty spaces, if we're not intentional and we're not in God when we're emptying spaces, this can be a bad thing. Because empty spaces can be filled with anything. And let's just face it, the world that we live in, we don't have to look for debris. We don't have to look for trash. You wake up. And from the moment you grab your phone, if anything like me, I wear contact lenses. My eyeball is on the phone. <laughs> I try not to do it. My eyeball is on the phone first thing in the morning before I even put my eyes in. I got to stop doing that. That's such a bad habit. I know I'm not alone. I know I'm not. Typically what happens is when I first wake up, I always like to have my morning time with, with God. And I, some, I do it most of the time. I'm about 96%. I do. I do it most of the time. Sometimes I miss it, but I like to do it first because once my day gets going, it's just, you know, you just look up nowadays. Time flies so fast. You, you get out of the bed at four or five and you just look up and you're like, how's it lunchtime? What in the world? How's it one o'clock? Only It feels like you've only been up an hour and a half, two hours max. But anyway, those empty spaces can be filled with anything. And debris is what's first and foremost. We see it, we hear it, it's everywhere. And creating an intention helps to offset that. If you're not intentional and very protective of this space, you can clear out things that have not been serving you and put something else that will not serve you right back in its place. And that's so that's why it's important to embrace that things are going to be different and welcome vulnerability, but create a context for it. And how about the context being to overcome temptation and to dedicate or even rededicate yourself to God? Matthew 4, 1 through 11 talks about this. And, and the story with this one is um, when Jesus was tested in the wilderness. So I can't stress enough the importance of creating that intention before you even begin your fast, before you even enter that space. Know why you're going into that space, what you hope to accomplish in that space, how you want to connect with God and be led and supported by God in that space. And beyond that, what are you going to do to reinforce your initial intention as you go through your process of fasting? If you're interested in diving into this element of the Mindset Foundation Reset, let me do a really quick recap because I know this has been a meaty episode. 
there's been a lot of information going around. So my recommendation, I would look at this as a four-week endeavor. That is one week for each letter within the acronym. And for each week, take three days where you actually do your fast. And within the content, if you don't already know what intentions you would set for each week for your fast, I'm going to go back over these briefly so that you have the opportunity to use the ones that I've listed here. If you go back over the replay, then of course you can um, you can pick from any of the other ones that are on the list that I mentioned earlier. And I didn't say uh, NIV is the version of the Bible that I use. It's always NIV unless I specify otherwise because that just resonates uh, easiest with me. But you can use whatever version you like. Just wanted you to know if I read a scripture to you exactly where you can find that. So week one would be focus. And for that week, to seek God's guidance would be your intention. You could see Judges 20, chapter 20, verse 26. Of course, as I said before, it would be very helpful for you if you're not familiar with these stories to have the complete context of what it is that you're going to be doing for that week. And for this week, the Israelites punishing the Benjamites is the story. For except, the intention would be to seek deliverance and or protection from God. See 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 3 through 4. Again, please take in that whole chapter if you're not familiar with it. This uh, story is uh, for Jehoshaphat defeats Moab and Ammon. For submit, the intention would be to humble oneself before God. See 1 Kings chapter 21, verses 27 through 29. This one, the story is going to be uh, Naboth's vineyard. And then finally for transform, the intention would be to overcome temptation and to dedicate yourself to God or to rededicate yourself to God. See Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 11. This story is going to be when Jesus was tested in the wilderness. Now, when it comes to specifics for your fast, and that's where you're just voluntarily reducing or eliminating the intake of your food and drink. And when I say drink, only water, people. <laughs> only water. My recommendation, you about that life, go ahead and do 12 hours, which that's what I do. I do intermittent fasting, so this I'm, I'm used to it now. I, I remember it was difficult in the beginning, but at minimum, at least do six, at least do six hours, three days for that week. Set around your intention. I would pray before I go in, pray during, pray afterward. I would definitely do that. And of course, this time is your selfish time for you and God. Carve out a space where you can dive right in and really allow yourself to open up and allow God in because we have to be willing. You know, the, these chains can be broken, but as I mentioned in the previous episode, we have the keys. We have the keys and we have support as long as we ask for it. All right, so that is it for content today. It has been amazing spending this time with you. I have enjoyed myself. I hope you have as well. By all means, if you have any questions, shoot me an email, connect at thegrindtofind.com. If you haven't followed me yet, um, why? Don't be like that. Go ahead and click feed 
There are several apps that you can choose from. Make sure you click that notification bell on whatever app you choose so that you will be alerted when I upload. And if you like additional somethings in your tea, whatever it may be, <laughs> you're going to want to join the list. And you can do that as well at thegrindfine.com. I hope you have an amazing weekend and I hope that you glide on into your week like a child of God should. Just remember, always define your grind and never let the grind define you. This is Terrell and Michelle out until next time. Peace and abundant blessings. Mm-hmm.